<laughs> Hello, South Africa, and welcome to episode four of Disky Discussions. I'm your host, A.B. Basson. We've got another exciting podcast coming up this week as we unpack match day three of the DSTV Premiership, preview the MTN8 semi-final second legs, and 2021 Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers coming up this month. Joining me to discuss all of this and more is kickoff.com journalist and content producer, Chad kelly Clayt. Chad, before we get on to soccer discussions, I'd first like to congratulate you and your wife and thank you for taking some time out of your busy schedule to join me on this podcast. Uh, firstly, how's the baby girl doing and how's the f- first four weeks of being a parent treated you? Hey B, thanks. It's good to, good to be on the show making my debut. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a, such an incredible ride so far. Four weeks have, have flown by, uh, although the, the exhaustion is there already. Um, but it's it's really been been such a, a learning curve, you know, having to take responsibility for a new life and and just uh, nurture and care for it and and make sure everything's fine. It's it's been uh, quite enlightening, and and I definitely feel like I've already grown so much. I've matured as a person, as an individual, and and yeah, just my whole perspective has already changed in in these first four weeks. Have you been able to take some time off or have you just been working straight through and, and how has it been juggling work and, you know, a newborn at the same time? Look, it's difficult. Um, as you know, our jobs, you don't really have working hours. So you have to try and squeeze in the little time you have and, and just spend it with a family. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't really taken much time off. I try and use most of my, my weekend. Uh, to spend with him when there's not games or press conferences that I'm going into. Um, but yeah, the, the whole COVID situation has actually been a blessing because uh, I get to do everything from, from home. So attend press conferences, watch the games, everything is done at home in the comfort of my home and, and I'm close to, to the family. So it hasn't been that difficult. Um, but yeah, just juggling it and, and trying to squeeze in that little bit of time I get between uh, loading stories or doing research or, or conducting interviews and stuff is is priceless. If we can rewind it back to when you were a young boy, uh, you grew up in, I think, the Eastern Cape. Um, where did your journey in football start and your love for the game? Where does it come from? Where does it stem from? Uh, yeah, back to Port Elizabeth, uh, probably in about, I think, 98. Uh, I was six years old. Um, the youngest, smallest kid in an under nine team. Um, as many would know, the, the club Dane um, came from Glenville Celtic. Uh, I started there with the under nine team uh, as a six-year-old, uh, but I think I got I got knocked over in my first match, and I ended up quitting because <laughs> all the kids were bigger than me, and, and I was so intimidated. Um, and then I just I ended up coming back when I was eight, nine years old and ready to play with under nines. Because at that stage, there wasn't any any younger team. It was under nine or, or nothing. Mm. So, yeah, I came back and, and actually uh, graduated to the under 13 team. And then um, I, was, I was just about to break into the provincial team. Uh, I was invited for trials. Um, and I think it was a month a few weeks before my parents decided they were going to relocate to Johannesburg um, in 2005. So I ended up moving with them. Uh, I ended up not going for the trials because even if I made it, uh, I wasn't going to be able to continue with them. So I didn't go for the trials. I was gutted. 
Um, but yeah, it's that's that's the curveball's life throw at you, and and you have to just deal with it as as it comes. So we moved up to Joburg. I struggled to to find my feet here with a new school, new environment. I had no friends or anything, uh, and my parents obviously didn't know many people either. So they moved up here mainly for to support Dane because he was just starting his professional career. Um, and yeah, I, I couldn't find a club close by in four ways. Uh, and four ways high didn't have soccer at, uh, as a school sport. So, and you were, you you were um, you had to do a, a a sport per term. So I ended up doing athletics uh, during the winter season, um, and then in the summer season, and I did hockey during the winter season. Uh, and I didn't, I just didn't have time to juggle those sports, school work, and trying to find a club and, and going to play there. And, and I guess that's how I ended up, you know, phasing out of of football uh, as a player. But you, you still remained in the game and you're a journalist today. Um, how did that how did that happen? And how, how big an influence did Dane have in, in your love for the game? Obviously, he went on to forge a very su- successful career in South African football. Yeah, I, I mean, I think back and, and I actually realized that uh, Dane was... I, I didn't actually grasp what was happening with Dane at the time uh, as a 13-year-old. Uh, he was just breaking into into the Supersport uh, senior team uh, under Pitsomo Simani at the time. Um, and I I didn't really see it as, you know, if Dane can make it, I can make it sort of thing. Uh, I didn't see him as a as a football star as yet. I, I, I didn't really view sort of local football um, as, as like a professional career, like, you know, the way we saw... Uh, the likes of Ronaldinho and Etu and, and those guys in, on the European stage, Beckham. Um, and I always thought, you know what, if he makes it there, then then I know, you know, he's made it. But when he started at Supersport, uh, I, I mean, obviously only knew Chiefs and Pirates at the time as well. So I've, I followed him as I knew he was good. Um, I knew he was he was a junior national team player, but I didn't, I didn't see him making it, you know, at, to the heights he did. Um, and for me, it was a case of, I mean, I didn't even, I didn't even realize the fame that came with it because mm. um, people were, were, were recognizing him in, the, in, him in the street, uh, but I didn't really take much note of it. And um, I just went about my schoolwork. My parents were very strict on, on with regards to me doing my schoolwork and, and you know, uh, completing school and stuff. And, and sport really wasn't even an option for me at the time. So hence, I took it easy. I didn't think that not being able to play was a big issue, but um, I finished school. Uh, I actually, I was very passionate about athletics. Um, I ran 100 meter, 200 meter, 400 meter, uh, and I, I did quite well at at, at high school. Um, I went to UJ, studied uh, sports development um, my first year, and I did athletics as well. But it, it started dawning on me at that period when when you know I was in university and and the kids I'd been playing with were now going for for trials at at bigger clubs and stuff um, and i I started feeling like you know what I should be a footballer as well and it it obviously affected all the regret that I didn't play for a club or anything like that started affecting me in terms of my studies uh, I wasn't passionate about it anymore um, I stopped going to lectures at a, at, at one stage. And I eventually uh, dropped out of, of UJ uh, after the first year. Um, and then, yeah, because my parents were so strict about education, 
uh, I was forced to go and study manage, sports management at um, a technical college in Randburg, ETA. And yeah, that's when I, I just, you know, they were more open to like lectures were, I think from nine till 12 or one o'clock. So I had a lot of free time around uh, all those lectures and stuff. And I just started playing amateur football again. Uh, but yeah, losing all those years of development really had a, a negative ef- effect on me. And I, I felt like I was out of my depth uh, playing with players, you know, 20 something, uh, late twenties, their ability and, and, and uh, their composure on the ball was, was, I mean, incredible for me. And I, I just, I couldn't keep up anymore. And yeah, I, I stopped playing. Um, and in my second year of, of studying my diploma, uh, I met Melissa Reddy, who was the deputy editor at Kickoff Magazine at the time. Melissa actually and also gave I, me my first job, funny enough. Wow. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's really paved the way for many of us. So Yeah. Um, yeah, Dane was obviously at Pirates at the time. Uh, this was in 2012. Uh, Dane, Dane had just joined Pirates in 2010. So that's when his profile also started, you know, becoming big. And I started realizing, you know, the the, the whole, the, what was happening around me in terms of him making it as a, as a footballer. And I was uh, obviously well acquainted with all the players at Pirates. I'd been going with the into training and all that. So I had quite a good relationship with all of them. They were all very friendly towards me. And at the time, Melissa... Uh, didn't have a driver's license so she needed Dane to take her to training for a cover interview she did with Benny um, and I think it was Jali or Roy Mahamutsa I'm not sure I can't remember all the names but I know the headline uh, cover person was Benny and I actually helped her coordinate the whole shoot uh, on the training ground getting Benny to come and do his, his pictures and, and do the interview and all that. And on our way home, um, we were speaking and she was sharing a bit more about what she does. And I actually joked with her and I asked her, don't you have a job for me? And that's when she she mentioned that, oh, they're actually looking, they're searching for an intern. And um, she'll let me know like details and stuff. And, and then I was like, yeah, keen and I, I took a number and uh, that's how I started. I, I jumped at the opportunity of an internship at kickoff. Uh, I started out doing the laugh out loud pages. Uh, which I don't know if, if many will remember, but I just had to curate a couple of jokes, uh, funny stuff that happened on, on the football, on and off the field in both internationally and locally. And uh, yeah, my, my first research uh, article was actually on Dane. Uh, and the most decorated players, uh, guys like Zlatan and all those. And I put a nice, uh, like a, a, I think it was a 200 word uh, feature uh, in the magazine. And yeah, I, I just grew from there, took on more work, started helping her more with interviews and, and cover shoots. And and then I just, yeah, I, I got signed on a, on a short term contract uh, I, I guess I did well because then I got a long-term contract and I actually, I ended up dropping out of uh, my diploma studies in the end because I felt like, you know what, I'm in this industry, I'm doing well, I'm earning money. And I felt like I was, I was ready to, you know, step out on my own. I, I don't need a qualification. So yeah, I, I dropped out and I've, I've been with kickoff ever since. I haven't, haven't gone back to finish my studies every year. I regret it and say, this year I want something under my belt. 
but yeah, you just you get so busy and and caught up in in everyday work that uh, you don't really make time for for anything else. So yeah, I've been in the industry for eight years as a as a journalist now, content producer for Kickoff, and yeah, the experience and and, and everything speaks for itself. Obviously, I've, I've built a nice profile for myself and and made inroads uh, where I never thought I would actually. Uh, and yeah, just just grateful for for the journey and and, and happy that I, I actually I, I put my my passion to work and and actually made it work for me. Yeah, if we can maybe just talk about some of that 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 work and maybe about football this season. Um, a lot has been written about Kaiser Chiefs and their transition from from Ernst Millendorp to Gavin Hunt. Um, they've started the season very slowly. Uh, obviously, they can't sign any players. Um, where do you think they fell short over the last, you know, last few weeks of last season, and how how can Gavin Gavin Hunt improve, you know, the squad of players that he's going to have to work with until the end of the season? Yeah, it's it's a very difficult one, maybe. Um, obviously, the short preseason, uh, him having joined, you know. Just a few weeks before the new season, and and the shorter shortened preseason due to COVID nineteen, obviously, all has its its impact on on the coach trying to instill his philosophy, and in the uncertainty around uh, their ban um, while while they awaited the the outcome of the appeal with the with Kaz. So I think uh, in a nutshell, yes, uh, they they they've got the same squad that that almost won the league last season. Um, and a lot of people have been complaining. A lot of Chiefs fans have been complaining that yeah, Gavin was meant to, you know, be this uh, messiah sort of uh, coming to Chiefs with with his reputation. Uh, but the results just haven't been forthcoming with the same players that that Ernst Middendorp used to to get results last season. But one major factor is that yes, Chiefs have the squad that that finished second last season, but everyone else has has strengthened. Uh, they lost 3-0 to Sundowns, a team that have, have made over 10 signings uh, and top quality signings, uh, two of them scoring on debut against Chiefs. Um, and then the 3-0 against the uh, um, Orlando Pirates as well. A lot of new signings in that Pirates setup. So, yes, they've got a good team, but not being able to strengthen like the others have done is obviously going to affect them. And so it's just going to take a little bit longer for them to find their rhythm. And yeah, I, I feel for Gavin not being able to to add where he wanted to. He obviously had those uh, the three players, uh, Sifiso, Shanti, uh, Nange and, and Peterson training with him in the hopes that they could sign. But but not being able to sign them as well, it, it, it threw a spanner in the works because he would have probably been planning around the three of them joining as well. Yeah. So it's, it's going to take a while, but uh, it's it's really... It's 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 not uh, you know cut and paste type of thing. You just take Middendorf's uh, way of playing and, and use it again to to get results. Gavin has a, a three-year contract and he's he's got to build something that's sustainable for him over the course of those three years. So it, it is going to take time and and really the the Chiefs fans just need to be patient and and we all just need to see how he goes about you know getting the best out of these plays. He obviously doesn't have some in Nurkovic. Uh, at the moment as well, was also the subject of lots of transfer speculation. Um, so it, it's it's going to be tough, but uh, if we if there's one thing we we can count on is, is Gavin Hunt getting the best out of out of players that are you know sort of rejects almost. Uh, he's done it at Wits, 
Uh, he used sort of no-name players at Supersport to win three titles back-to-back. Uh, and he's got, he's definitely got the pedigree to, to you know, get players like Piliat firing again. Uh, players like Kambule who arrived with a lot of expectation but hasn't quite uh, reached it yet. Uh, I definitely think given time, you, you can get a lot of players out of their shells and, and get them playing, uh, you know, a, a good brand of football again rather than the, the one-dimensional style of play that they played under Madindop last season, which yes, got results, but is not sustainable. You, you, you touched on Kama Biliat there and he's obviously been very disappointing in his time at Kaiser Chiefs. He showed glimpses of brilliance towards the end of last season. He scored some important goals for them. Um, he just, I mean, he was really unlucky against Chippa United the other night when, when they won on their own goal. Um, he could have scored two or three and he's missed quite a few big chances so far this season. What do you think needs to click for him and how important is it for Chiefs going forward that a guy like him starts playing well, uh, especially that, you know, with the fact that they can't sign anyone until until next year? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, we, we all know Bullet's quality and, and what he's produced last season and in the start of this season. He's obviously uh, miles away from, from who he is and, and what he can bring to, to Kaiser Chiefs. Um, the thing with, with Kama is it's such a delicate situation because, yes, he has the ability and, and uh, the pedigree to, to lead Chiefs' attack, uh, but he's, he's always been that sort of confidence player. Uh, we saw him under Giovanni Salinas. I mean, he, he was scoring week in, week out because he got all this praise. Uh, and then, and he uh, Salinas bowing, bowing to him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, he was basically he was labelled the Messi by of Chiefs by Salina. So um, obviously now having to to be a team player is is, is making it difficult for him. Uh, you have to admire what uh, what Pizzo did for him uh, at Sundowns to get him firing with the likes of Percy Tao, Keegan Dolly, uh, and and all the superstars they have at Sundowns. Um, and now he's he's in a setup where you know everyone looks to him and and all the the expectation is on his shoulders. Uh, but he has he had a coach in in Middendorp last season who who wouldn't be treating anyone like superstars, uh, and no one is bigger than the team. Uh, and then you have uh, a Gavin Hunt now who's who is a motivational uh, coach, but at the same time he's not gonna he's not gonna be bowing down to anyone. So it's it's just down to Billiard to to really get you know his his head down and and working, uh, pushing himself to to the level that we all know he can get to. Uh, so that he can get his confidence back and, and firing again. It's it's probably mostly in his hands uh, because we all know his, his conditioning is, is not up to standard. Uh, last season also didn't help him much because Chiefs played aerial balls, which required him to do you know off the ball running, but not much with the ball. And now he's playing uh, a brand of football under Gavin where he's required to to take control of the game and, and you know be that spark in attack for, for Kaiser Chiefs. So... He's going to need to get his fitness up so that he can track back and get forward uh, and, and be the, the, the sort of playmaker that we know he can be uh, while also scoring goals. And we saw against Chippa United, yes, he hit the post a couple of times uh, in the recent matches as well. Um, but he's, he's, it's just a matter of confidence. He, he took a shot from, from outside the box that didn't even go near the target towards the end of the match uh, on Wednesday evening. So uh, it's really... You know, just to get his confidence up and, and obviously his conditioning is, is another factor that, that Gavin Hunt will be working on. 
How much do you think they've missed Samir Nukovic? Obviously, Castro was part of the CBD. Um, you know, when Sundance was so successful, he almost go, flies under the radar at Chiefs, but there should obviously be a lot of expectation on his shoulders as well, considering his quality. Um, and how important will it be for Chiefs to to get Nukovic back, um, you know, if if he doesn't leave on a transfer? Yeah, that's... Uh, I think uh, the transfer speculation is... is Takes another, takes this whole thing, uh, you know, to another level because uh, yes, he's important. Yes, he was important last season. Um, but under Gavin, is he is he going to get you know the same opportunities with the style of play that that Gavin wishes to play, uh, which is mostly on the ground? Um, it's it also asks questions of of Nurkovic's, uh, you know, character. Can he can he come out and and perform with all the transfer speculation? He's obviously he came with with almost no reputation to to Africa to South Africa, uh, and he's he quickly built up that reputation for himself to to earn interest in in the Gulf uh, and in North Africa as we've heard. Um, so whether whether he can put that aside and actually perform is another conversation. Um, and then secondly is, is obviously how he'll fit in, uh, given Gavin's uh, approach in, in in the recent matches where we've seen. Chiefs playing a more uh, sort of you know on the ground and uh, combination play. Um, is he? We know he scored a lot of uh, headers last season, uh, profiting off those aerial balls. But can he play on the ground? Can he combine uh, with his teammates on the ground and and uh, score as many goals with his feet as he did with his head last season? Um, it's it's a big ask, but um, just his presence alone could also you know. Uh, bring back the, the camaraderie in the team, uh, knowing you have quality on the pitch. Uh, it takes a little bit of pressure off your teammates to to try and make something happen, the likes of Manyama, the likes of Karma. Yeah. Um, so it, it, his presence alone could could actually lift the team again, knowing that they've got their top striker back. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's it's all up to to how he'll fit in uh, with the new approach of Chiefs and whether he can put the transfer speculation aside and, and, and perform... Uh, on the pitch because if if his intention is to leave um he, he signed himself in a in a three year deal so he shouldn't have done so if if his intention was to play one season in the PSL get his profile out there and then move abroad again so he's contracted to chiefs and and everyone expects him to return and 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 come and and do the goods on the pitch regardless of the speculation of them uh, then the opposition this weekend in the MTN8 second leg, uh, Orlando Pirates, their Soweto rivals. Obviously, our prayers go out to Joseph Zinbao and his family during you know what is a very difficult time for him. Um, but back in South Africa, Pirates have have started you know quite solidly this season. They made a lot of signings, and it's been their intention to bring those signings straight into into the fray. I mean, Schlotzweil was handed the captain's armband straight away. Um, have you been surprised by their approach in how they've integrated their new players? Look, it's it's with with pirates. It's it's also sort of a a honeymoon phase of sorts. I remember Zinbauer's uh, didn't have a preseason last season, uh, coming in December and taking over from Rolandi. So uh, you know that that extra few weeks to to work with the team uh, takes us back to when he just arrived. Uh, at, at Pirates winning those uh, going those 10 games unbeaten I think it was 10 or, or close to 15 even um, and and now he's got a bunch of new signings quality signings uh, I might add uh, 
and and it's it's for him to you know sort of mix and match and see how things go. The issues will come when game time becomes an issue now because some players are not getting the minutes they would have hoped for, uh, whether they were there last season or they knew this season. Um, and Bazinbao's policies has has always been to rotate, uh, giving players a chance uh, to prove themselves. Um, and you know he's he's not he's really very rarely played a, a consistent eleven. Um, and we've seen it now with Fadlu as well. Uh, a couple of changes after taking the the interim reins uh, in Zimbabwe's absence. Um, so it's it's going to be difficult. Uh, but on the bright side, if, if Pirates can continue in the CAF Confederations Cup uh, and maintain their status in the competition, then it will definitely come in their favour uh, because then you don't deal with any sort of frustrations in the in the camp. Yeah. Um, but if they if they don't do well um, in the MTN8, by winning the MTN8 and then obviously advancing in the CAF Confederation Cup, they will have uh, quite a headache in terms of, you know, keeping everyone happy in the camp because they've got quite a big squad at the moment and, and it's not small players it's not uh, youngsters that have come through it's quite established experienced players uh, that have joined the club so they will be ex- be expecting to to get the minutes they, they have been in in past seasons On this podcast we've spoken a lot about Sundowns and about Pizza Mosamane leaving to Al-Akhli um, but they've made a solid start I mean by everyone's expectations you know they've got a great squad um, the top of the log now. They haven't conceded a goal, I think, in six games. They haven't conceded a goal this season. How impressed have you been by their start? And do you think, you know, this season, you know, considering the how other Soweto teams have started, do you think they can really run away with the title and, and win it quite comprehensively? Look, they might have lost Pizzo, but they've obviously got a, a very astute tech, a tactician in, in Steve Compella that they've roped in. Um, it's it it would seem they've they've just carried on with uh, the momentum from last season, but I do think they they could still go through a hiccup where you know when once Steve Compella gets his groove um, and you know he has a bit more influence on on the squad, things could change up a little. And uh, I I wouldn't be uh, jumping at the gun uh, to say yes, Sundowns are, are favourites. Yes, they beat. The Chiefs 3-0 um, and they beat Cape Town City 2-0 uh, but they showed sort of signs of you know uh, stuttering already against uh, newcomers TTM uh, I know it, it, it could have been a, a banana peel uh, situation where you know the newcomers you don't you, you sort of underestimate them and then you end up losing uh, but they really didn't show the sort of you know the sundowns we know under Pizzo it was it was similar to how they performed when they just started in the bubble. Um, perhaps it, it it was the quick turnaround of games um, that that might have affected them. But at the end of the day, they've also got a, uh, quite a big squad with a lot of signings. And though uh, Kermit and, and uh, Shalulile have already you know sh- shot out the blocks, uh, th- they're still going to find their feet and and. To get to know the the combinations, I mean George Maluleka coming in, uh, they've they've got Jali already showing signs of of form early on, uh, the type of form he showed in the bubble. Um, so it's 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 a lot of uh, sort of intricate workings on the inside. You know, uh, Rulani Mukena is obviously a, a very um, 
sort of pedantic about you know his tactics and and his his uh, um, st- strategies and stuff. So once they sort of, I, I mean, and I'm sure they they are going to change things up from from what Pitzer was doing, um, because in in one way Pitzer would have would have had the final say, uh, and and now they don't have that sort of leadership where they've got that leader that's that has the final say and says, okay, this is how we're going to do it. Now it's it's sort of a three uh, three pronged um, coaches structure where each one possibly has equal say and they might deviate from, from what they used to. So um, I definitely feel, yes, they, they could be riding on some momentum at the moment, uh, but they are going to uh, become, uh, you know, sort of speed ups along the way. And it'll be interesting to see how they, they navigate around those um, in terms of the, their selection as well, keeping players um, that are on form while also offering opportunities to, to the new signings and, and younger players that have come through in recent times. So uh, how they work is, is obviously going to depend a lot on, on um, whether they also stay in the CAF, CAF Champions League this season uh, and not having the Telcom knockout. Already they've out to the MTN 8 and not, not uh, getting silverware there. So it's going to be a long road for them, uh, fighting for the league, which only ends in May. Uh, the Champions League, which also probably ends May, June, and then the Net Bank Cup, which only comes much later in the season. So this marathon uh, style uh, is is really gonna gonna take away um, from from the intentions of you know continuing with that momentum of winning silverware. Uh, just before we get into Bafana, Bafana, um, just your predictions for the MTN8 semi-final second legs this weekend. Uh, do you see an upset happening? Obviously, Supersport Celtic is still deadlocked at 1-1. Uh, but in Pirates take a huge lead into this weekend. Do you see, do you see, do you see, have, do you see any chance for Chiefs? Can they turn it around? Um, and, and Supersport going to Bloemfontein, do you, you feel that they can... I mean, they've experts in this competition and now to win it. Uh, so do you think it will be them uh, that progress with, with Pirates? Look, interesting you say progress with Pirates. Um, I don't think you can write Chiefs off at all at the moment. Um, there's, there's definitely, we've, we've seen this, how funny football can be. Um, Pirates have their own issues that they're contending with. Obviously losing uh, Josen Bauer um, while he's back in Germany is obviously going to cause an, have an effect on them because... Fadlu is is basically the only coach on the on the on the bench now. Uh, yes, Darian Wilkin is, is is a qualified coach and and he's more known to be an analyst for the club. Um, but whether you know the the, the relationship will will sort of uh, dictate how things will be done on Saturday uh, is is also another uh, thing we'll we'll look forward to because uh, you never know. Fadlu might be seeing this as an opportunity to. To also, you know, stake his claim, having been a head coach at Maritzburg United, uh, he might just want to change something, some things, uh, knowing with with a three 0 cushion that he can, he, he has some room to to play around with. Um, but at the same time, if, if Chiefs score first on on Saturday, the whole the whole complexion of the game could change, and 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 I don't see um, why they can't, you know, pull three goals back and and turn the tie on its head. Uh, so I definitely won't write Chiefs off completely. Yes, they've been struggling for goals, but uh, it's just a matter of time and, and a matter of luck 
before they find the back of the net and, and you know, the floodgates possibly open. Uh, so that one's very exciting on Sunday. Uh, but yeah, whether, whether Supersport or Celtic goes to the final, uh, that's also another tight game. I mean, that 1-1 one, one draw was, was end-to-end stuff. Uh, both sides, you know, obviously Supersport having won the MTN8 last year, um, and then uh, Celtic playing in the NetBank Cup final. Both sides have the pedigree of, of going all the way to the final this time around. Um, they, they aren't new to this. So it, it's going to be a, a highly tactical battle between John Maduka and, and uh, Caetano Tembo. Uh, but ultimately, I, I think Supersport's history of, of you know, you know pipping these games and, and making it to a final uh, by hook or by crook, mm-hmm. I think they, they definitely have the experience to, to sort of pip uh, Celtic, um, although I do think it, it, it might go to penalties uh, with another 1-1 draw on Saturday. Uh, and then, yeah, we, we're all hoping for, for an exciting end of the weekend uh, in, in the Soweto derby. No one likes uh, a, dull, a dull derby and, and not having anything to play for. So if Pirates do run away with it, um, it it's obviously going to be a very boring game. Um, but hopefully we, we see Chiefs come back. And, and I, 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 I dare say this, but I think Chiefs have a chance of, of going through to the final as well. The big call. We'll hold you on, on your word there, Chad. Um, and uh, just lastly, Bafana Bafana, uh, it's now been confirmed that both qualifiers will be played in South Africa against Sao Tome and Princip. Um, obviously, the birthplace of Wolves head coach Nuno Espirito Santo, um, for those who don't know. Um, I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, fact of the day. The first game we played in, in Durban and then Port Elizabeth, um, a place that you know very well, Chad. Uh, what do you think? I mean, it's very difficult for Bafana Bafana, you know, a very unknown team, unknown entity, um, very small nation. It will be expected of us to really, you know, to thump them. But we've been in this situation before uh, where we struggle against small teams. What do you make of Molefi and Seki's team? And uh, do you think... Um, it will be an easy six points for us. Look, it's 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 obviously we know Bafana have, have slipped up before, um, and we've we've sort of gotten used to to you know them not um, delivering on on expectations. But I think this this should really be a, a cut and dry thing. Uh, Sao Tome is is not well ranked. Um, they've got nearly no history uh, in terms of, you know, um, their, their quality or, or their pedigree on the international stage. So the fact that they, that both legs are going to be played on, on home soil for Bafana uh, should count massively in their favour. Um, had it been a case of uh, fans being allowed in the stadium, I do think it would have been a different different scenario because... We've seen Bafana choke in front of a home crowd so many times. Uh, but the fact that it, it, it's behind closed doors obviously plays in their favor big time um, and and on home soil as well. So I don't see us slipping up in any way. Uh, some some surprise selections in, in Molefi's uh, uh, camp, uh, but nothing we, we, we haven't seen before. I mean, we've seen some surprise selections before, uh, but in this case, I don't see that sort of hampering the, the team. I think the lineup uh, should still be solid. 
um, and we should still see a, a strong Bafana team uh, against Saotome. So um, if we can can get our goal difference up as well, uh, having lost to Ghana in the opening um, round of fixtures, this is definitely an opportunity for us to to you know make up ground and and put ourselves in a in a good position uh, uh, ahead of the the final two fixtures of of the qualification campaign. Um, so that we can, you know, wrap it up and 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 march on straight to to Afcon in in 2022. Well, Chad, thanks. We appreciate your insights and your knowledge in the game. Um, good luck with with work and juggling nappies and all that comes with having a new baby. Um, thanks for joining us, and good luck. And hopefully, we can see you know a lot of exciting soccer in the next few weeks. Yes, thanks so much, Avi. Uh, was was always always good. Uh, you know, coming together and, and having uh, football, these football chats and, and, and sharing our, our knowledge. Um, but it's, yeah, it's it's a very exciting time. Um, things still haven't gone back to normal. Uh, and, and we just, we look forward to, to an entrailing season ahead. Uh, and, and hopefully we get to see fans back in the stadium soon as well. Um, but thank you so much and, and all the best to you guys as well. Thank you and stay safe. In next week's episode, I'll be joined by former Bafana Bafana defender Matthew Booth to chat about his career and the state of South African football today. If you have any questions or things you'd like us to discuss on Disky Discussions, please hit me up at ab underscore on Twitter or Instagram. I'll wear.